Welcome to episode 46 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Dockery. Hillary. Uh, hey, we're at your house today. This is weird. Yes, it's very yeah, weird. There's a huge dog on the floor, and I, I hope that um, your dog barks, because that would be so fun. It would remind me, of course, of my the new Fiona Apple record where her dogs are constantly barking. Oh, yes. I would love it. I would love it. Oh, my Maybe. little, too bad if you, if you notice, he is a very lazy, <laughs> mushy dog who rarely barks on very rare occasions. But maybe if someone comes to the door, he might. Yeah. It's my kind of dog. Us. That's what I want to do all day. Just lay around all day. Oh my God. I know. Um, <sighs> so Halloween was yesterday and my kids didn't do anything. We, they dressed up. But we, I didn't want to go trick-or-treating. I didn't feel right. I didn't feel comfortable. And I didn't feel comfortable It, it turns out like everybody else felt the same way. <laughs> I got like 10 trick-or-treaters. Yeah. But that's it. We didn't get any, but we didn't turn oh. any lights on okay. or indicate that. Was we there a knock at the door? Nothing because okay. it was, we just made it dark. Yeah, we, we had, well, we have a huge bag of candy now sitting at my house, which is how I kind of convinced the kids to not go trick-or-treating. I'm like, you can eat all the candy you that's, want. That's what we did. <laughs> Just so do whatever you want. We said, we'll do a movie marathon. Nice. And you could pick out your favorite candies that you want. So my husband took them to the store. They picked out their favorite type. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ate so much. Yeah. My son, my youngest, I looked over at him. I was like, you, you need to slow down. Like he, it was just like he was stuffing oh my gosh. every piece of candy. And I'm like, well, just if there's a whole bowl, like, yeah, rela- I'm like, this is what happens when I, cause we don't really get like chocolate in the house no, like that. So girl, they're like, no. it was really gross. And usually on Halloween, <sighs> they get a, a huge bag of candy. They eat two or three pieces that night yes. and then they forget seriously that they yes. have it. And like a week later I throw out bags of candy yes so my husband usually takes it to his work and he'll give out the candy nice and when they were little we used to do switch witch what's that the switch witch would so they would get all their halloween candy and Uh we would say pick out like six pieces or ten pieces or whatever it was and then you put it this was a friend of mine uh, a colleague of mine did this and um you then put the candy in the fridge and the switch witch comes and she will switch out she'll take the candy and she switches it out and leaves something behind. And it would be a book or, you know, one little thing. Oh, my God. And that's how this we did is, it. How it, is this the first time I've ever heard about something I like don't know. This? So this we would, so but they always got a book because, you know, yeah. I like book nerds. Yeah. So. That's cool. All right. <laughs> the Switch Witch. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the Secret Service scandal in Colombia. Okay. Have you heard of this? No. <gasps> All right. So in April 2012, President Obama headed to Cartagena, Colombia for the South American summit. But when a Secret Service agent Ooh. shouted with a sex worker for yes. services rendered, okay. the secret of their escapades was out. Yes. This was <gasps> like, I, I feel like. Scandal. Yes. But this was like a scandal during the administration of no scandals. Like there was yes. never anything that ever really happened during this administration. And then this happened. And I was like, these secret service can't yes. keep their shit together. They can't. No. What a mess. No. So our story takes place in Cartagena, Colombia at the Hotel Caribe. Mm-hmm. And my husband's father is Colombian. Shout out to Jay. And... <laughs> OPS, who's a huge fan yes, of mine. Yes, he is you a huge fan. You texted me and said that he loves when I go off, which, yes. you know, I wish my husband loved when I went <laughs> off. So thank you, Jay. Yes. 
So uh, naturally, I think of my family. But yeah. when I hear Cartagena, what do you think of? Drugs? No. <laughs> uh, what I'm movie? Sorry. Well, no, drugs too. Sorry, Jay. But, but what movie? Cartagena. I have no idea. Oh my God, Romancing the Stone. Oh girl, please. Uh, it's too long since I've seen I that. I used to love that movie. Yes. You don't remember that? Joan Wilder? The Joan Wilder? Yeah. The one who writes all the books? <laughs> oh God, I love that movie. So that's they always were, what I think Talk of. about on-screen chemistry between yes. those two. So good. Yes. I actually was thinking that my kids would probably like that movie. Because mm. it's funny and it's adventurous yeah. and it's, you Here's know. Here's my problem now with watching movies that I think my kids would like. I, yeah. we, we tr- I tried to watch The Abyss. That was oh. a really good movie. But I kind of remember that. Before we can even That's get. like they're in water or something. Yeah. And they go into the, there's aliens in there, right? So they hired this oil rigging crew to go down there and like get out because this, uh, whatever. I don't remember okay, this. I, mean, I just Ed remember Harris there's something it. with water. It's like the height of Ed Harris. Hot. Oh. I love Ed Harris. You know who I'm talking about, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I can't, I just think of him as older now. Yeah, he's older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so good. Anyway. Uh, they hire this oil rigging crew and they're just, they're like vulgar and they say pussy and they say like dick. And I'm just like, after this, like a couple of those words, I was like, yeah, I don't know if we can get into this movie right now. Let's wait. You know, that's the funny thing of like the eighties and nineties movies. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is that the language Mm -hmm. is surprising for the rating that the film has. Yes. And I don't know if they change some of them over time or if they just... Keep but even just like, I have release. to tell you, it's, it's about all of this thing shifting, especially like when you say switch, Witch. I, we would have murdered my parents in their sleep. If they said there's a switch, Witch coming to bring you a book, yes. I'd be like, fuck you worth my yes, candy. Yes, right? Like yes. I would, what is it with us as parents, this generation where we're just like, well, we we're going to, no, yes. I mean, even the movie, just eat all the candy. Just, yeah. yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's what true. We, but that's what we do. Trust me when I go home and I tell you, I'm throwing all that candy away yes. because I don't want them to eat it. But we ate all of it. We're, we very sanitized, like... Yes. Their, we used to bring the pillowcases. That's how we did it. Yes. It was a pillowcase full of candy. My brother would go out twice. He'd put a different mask no. on and go out for more candy. <laughs> it's, it's too That's much. That's the best. Yeah. I like that, actually. Okay, so... Before I get into a little bit of details, I just want to briefly review the Secret Service. I feel like everyone knows what they do, but, you know, as most of you know, the agents are their special law enforcement agency with the Department of Homeland Security, and they work to protect not only our current and former presidents and vice presidents and their immediate families, but they also work to protect several others like visiting heads of state, uh, foreign powers, And also major presidential and vice presidential candidates. Mm. And the only thing I kept thinking of is that Donald Trump Mm -hmm. is going to have secret service for the rest of his life. It annoys me to no end, I have to say. And some of them... I can't stand it. Well, there was somebody who didn't use secret service anymore. Somebody said no to it. Yeah, you can refuse. Right. I forgot who that was, though. I don't know. know. Carter? Maybe. I don't know. Somebody, Somebody said no to it. I forgot who that was, but... yeah. And then they do things like investigate any attempts to harm the office of the presidency. And, um, you know, they need to be really skilled in negotiation, forgery, surveillance. Uh, They got to investigate package threats, um, electronic financial crimes. Like it's a lot of stuff that they really Mm. are trained in. It's not like they're just hanging out with the president and watching. Like there's all of this other stuff involved. Right. So the thing is, these agents, they're not your run of the mill cop or investigator, right? They're protecting our head of state, they're mm-hmm. protecting the president, our leaders, and they have to be aware and they have to be diligent when they're on the clock. Right. So it's like, I get it. You want to let off some steam. You want to go party. 
you you know you want to go visit a sex worker on your own time good for you <laughs> but when you're on like the government's dime and yeah. you are tasked with you know preparing for the president's visit in a foreign country mm-hmm. you got to be on the ball and you got to be aware and you know you're putting people's lives at risk because you know not only is it dangerous to the president but you don't know and this was a big thing that came out like are you know were these women bugging the hotel room mm. were they like who are are they going to blackmail you right you know you're you're compromising your position and therefore compromising the security of the United States right. and of the presidency so just because you want to get your rocks off it's like Go do that somewhere else. Do it I on mean, your vacay, man. I have to tell you, I feel the same way. Even if it wasn't Secret Service, if it was an accountant and he's there on a job, whatever, you know, I feel the same way. Like any job can really be, you know, where this is inappropriate behavior and you're right. there for work. If and, you're there you know, for work. Yeah. Just do your work. Keep it together. And then go back on vacation if that's yes. what you want to do. Yes. Take a couple extra days on your own time. and Yes. But Tina, you have to understand we don't, understand the rocks off situation in here because no. we don't have penises like no. we don't understand <laughs> what's about to happen we here don't with the rocks know off. Right. i know so what did these agents do so allegedly 12 secret service men and there were also talks that not only was it secret service men but there were also um enlisted military men oh boy uh, perhaps involved as well partied the night away prior to obama's visit it's like the night before he was set to arrive or something. Jeez. And, you know, they needed to be like shoring things up for his arrival. Instead, they're like, Woo, let's oh go party. And they went, you know, basically to bars, strip clubs and uh, picked up some sex workers along the way. Dang. So according to Adam Martin's article in The Atlantic, one agent's early morning shouting match with a sex worker is what drew attention to their escapades and basically blew the lid on everything. And the article also notes that the the hotel was already frustrated with the agents <laughs> because they had been partying yeah. and their partying was disrupting other guests at the hotel. They were um, upset because they had bomb sniffing dogs with them and they were letting the dogs like defecate in the front lawn of the hotel the and fuck? things like that. So they were just already kind of frustrated and annoyed with these men to begin with, with, um, with the agents. So they weren't really like the ideal guest. And so um, Martin's article also outlines how you can party. It's a, it's a cute article because it's like, here's how you can party like the Secret Service. And it just <laughs> is like dinner, bar with low-key sex workers milling about, but they don't disrupt the mood of the place. Then you go to the strip club. Then you go to, you know, an off-the-beaten-track Egyptian-themed bar um, which is allegedly where they went, but they couldn't confirm the existence of the bar. They, they found one in Medellin, but they couldn't find one in Cartagena. And he's like, but, you know, this is what they did. And they started off at a hard rock cafe. Mm. It was like hard rock. Then they went to, you know, different places. And the other thing that was interesting is it wasn't like all the 12 men were hanging out together. Mm-hmm. It was like groups of guys, like, you know, like three or four dudes hanging out, and they were all participating, though, in similar behavior. Okay. So that's where they started saying, well, this might just be the culture of the Secret Service. Oh, my god! this is what they do when they go out, because it wasn't just one guy, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like one large group of men. It was like these different groups of men doing it. And the one man who was fighting with the sex worker sort of causes... All of the, the, you know, yeah, 
close the whole situation. Yeah. yeah. According to Reuters, the Secret Service men and allegedly about five military personnel brought several sex workers to the hotel. And Seth Abramovich noted in The Atlantic that several of the men brought these sex workers. When they brought them to the hotel, they had to sign in. And the hotel had this policy that, like, by 6 a.m., the guests had to go. And if they didn't go, they were going to incur these other fines. So they signed the women in. You know, they went through the whole process because um, sex work is legal in Colombia. And so... You know, and you can bring guests in, but there's this policy of what you have to do. And if the guest isn't leading, then you got to pay additional money on your room, mm. right? One of the agents who turned out to be Arthur Huntington is the one who got in the fight with the sex worker. And it was over money. Mm. So allegedly $47. Oh, my gosh. And the the woman involved, uh, a Dania Suarez, she wanted 800 bucks, right? And he only wanted to give her 50 Oh my gosh. And yes. And so they start this argument and he doesn't want to pay her. And $50. Yes. 50 bucks. And that's, that's what starts the fight. And so, and then I think it turned out to be maybe in another interview said 47 bucks. It's like, you know, so you're going to try to take advantage. She said that she was not aware that they were secret service. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't know, maybe she thought they were military. I don't know what she thought, but she did say that when they first met at the club, that the men would like walk around and like lift their shirts up and like show off their abs and like their oh muscles. Oh my God. So and they were like, stupid. yeah. And that's ba- it's basically, she said that they were idiots. Like yeah. she's like, like, so there we go. All right. So the inspector general report, the inspector general's report notes that when they signed those 13 sex workers into the hotel, you know, like I said, they, they, they said that they would pay that additional fine. And other reports note that not only did the hotel manager come because of the argument, but also because they weren't, the women weren't leaving. And so they were like, well, now you ought to pay this other money. Mm. They were knocking on the door. They weren't opening the door. And then they called the police. So there was all of this stuff sort of happening at the same time at the hotel. And according to Karen McVeigh's Guardian article, Arguments from GOP leaders at the time felt that this was not a one-off and represented this larger issue within the culture of the the Secret Service. Wow. So I also think that they were vocal because it was under Obama's administration, but these guys did mess up. You know, this is, this is huge. Right. You know, and she also cites the Washington Post noting that agents would often joke when getting on the plane for work, they would say, they would get on the plane and they would say, wheels up rings off <gasps> so it was like all of these wow. like married men wow and so like it's like oh we're going on duty well we're gonna go and hook up like I that's almost, what it is and i also feel like secret service is supposed to kind of blend into the background yes you know what i mean they're not really supposed to be even involved in anything you, they're there but they're not because you're so yes. focused on seeing whoever that person is, if it's Obama or Trump or right. Biden now, like they have secret service. Right. Like you're just kind of looking at that person. You don't even, until you start really looking around, you're, oh, they're secret service. Right. They're and they're not, so, and like, they're not supposed to be wearing like, you know, we, I always imagine like the suits and whatever it's, it's yeah. whatever the environment is. They got to right. kind of wear the clothes and, right. and that's it. So you know, and these guys are out party, like they're drawing attention to themselves. They're drawing so, attention to themselves at the hotel yeah. by are getting they, people upset. Are they former military too? Is that how that works? I wonder how do they become secret service? How do they? Well, they I think it's a military. training. I don't know if it's all. 
very bizarre military. I think it's just like a law enforcement agency. Right, right, right. Mm. So they blamed the Secret Service director at the time, Mark Sullivan, of causing this culture Mm -hmm. and for the lax approach to security standards. Um, Because they were saying that the, the, the reporter who broke the case of Robert Kessler, he saw the actions as a security breach, like we were saying, that the sex workers could blackmail these guys, they could put everything at risk because you don't know who they are. Right. You don't know if they know who you are. You don't know who's bringing them in. Yes. Right. Hello. So, you know. That's how they tried to get Castro. Remember, they were trying to get a girl in to see Castro and like like her perfume was going to have poison in it or something. Like they were trying to kill him all kinds of ways. Yeah. And then you don't know. What are you going to say? Right. You know, uh, that's going to give them information that you think yes. you're saying in a, ca- you know, what is the, the loose lips sink ships, yes. right? Like this is <laughs> what we're dealing with. Like, I like with wheels this- up, up, rings off. Yeah. <laughs> wheels up, rings off. <laughs> so, uh, f- um, former secret service agent, Dan, uh, Dave Wilkinson disagreed. And he said that, and McVeigh writes that Wilkinson noted that the agents involved were lower level and not of the higher level agent from Obama's personal security detail. Mm. So there's different tiers. Got it. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, and, and they're saying, well, these are the lower level guys. I feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, he's showing up the next day. What, you know, what if they did bug a hotel room? What if they are, you know, now they know what you look like and they go see where you're going. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I just feel like do it on your own time. You have the presidents coming in. And it's the way that they were acting. It was, this is not the first time. This isn't like every time they go to Columbia, they have it. No, this is, must be how this it is, is every, every time. And they go. everywhere they go. And they were so comfortable doing it. Yes. <laughs> right. So, but again, um, allegedly the sex workers did not know that they were secret service. Mm-hmm. They just maybe knew that they were Americans or who right. knows what. Right. So the charges, basically it just, um, There wasn't any like formal charge, but they did lose their job. So eight Secret Service got fired. One Secret Service agent lost security clearances. Three Secret Service uh, agents were cleared, but received disciplinary action. And according to Homeland Security today, the Secret Service clarified the duties of agents. Mm -hmm. So like after this incident, they had to clarify like, as an agent. Yes, I was going to say, it's it's almost uh, like nobody had that conversation with them. They they, they had to say, you know, hiring sex sex workers, well, you're on the job is a no-no, even if it's legal in the country because you're at work. Yes. Um, And the officers still have to operate under U.S. law, Mm. no matter what country they are in because they're working in the capacity as a U.S. federal employee. Of course. But they had to make sure that they, now that's in writing somewhere. Of course. Because of these guys. <laughs> it's so annoying. I so uh, there were a couple of fun points of interest. I think you'll like the first one. In 2014, uh, David Nealon, the lead investigator of the scandal, ended up resigning because he got busted, <gasps> leaving a house of ill repute. So he where? engaged where was with, this? Here? Where, where was this? Yeah. Cops in Broward County. What bitch? Oh were my staking God. out a house known for sex work and they saw him coming out. They were taking pictures and then sex workers later identified this guy. So he happened to come down here. Boom. He's out. Oh, this is the guy it's investigating the wrongdoing. Investigating the wrongdoing. Oh wrong my doing. gosh. It, and of course it's Broward County where yes. he, this is where he goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shortly after the Secret Service got busted, Obama had to deal with another scandal oh. involving DEA agents who had encounters with masseuses in their Cartagena hotel rooms. So let's just say that the encounters 
relieved more than muscle pain. (laughs) The investigation also led back to an alleged incident in 2011, this time in El Salvador, and there were agents there that were uh, allegedly soliciting sex workers. One thing I really liked was uh, the supervisor at the time in Colombia who sent the agents packing back home because like once they found out, they're like, you're out. And they Mm. just sent them back was one Paula Reed. And she's like this badass, tough agent who um, immediately relieved them of their duties, made sure that they were not working Obama's detail when he arrived. She was staying at a different hotel when all this was happening. She wasn't at the same hotel where they were. Um, But she jumped in, took action, and was like, boom, 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 and like took care of it. I was like, yes, they got to get a woman in charge to take care of everything. Yeah. And then after the incident, what I thought was interesting is that the Huntington, the guy who got in the fight with the sex worker, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff started coming out. There was a woman who was like, oh, I was on a trip in Ireland, and he was there on a detail, and they had hooked up, but she's like, I didn't know he was married. And then um, oh, a lot of God. women in Texas were like, oh, I had affairs with him too. Didn't know he was married. So he kind of just, that's what he did wherever he went. And so he kind of. Oh, his poor wife. His poor wife. so fucked. It's terrible. Damn. I just was thinking, you know, it's a secret service who couldn't keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> and like they caused all of this drama. And it reminded me of this quote from uh, George Orwell that said, if you want to keep a secret. You must also hide it from yourself. Ooh. It's like, you can't. Like, it's always going to come out. Oh, yeah. Come you on. Know, it's going to come out. So that's my short and sweet little story it. of the Secret Service and all of their shenanigans. I completely forgot about that. Yes, I did too. Uh, so I was, when I saw that, I said, well, that would be a fun little one to cover. I mean, at this point, it's nothing compared to everything we've had to deal with for the last four years. It's so it's nothing. like every day is a scandal. It's been stressful. Well, you know what I was thinking of when um, talking about like the protection of vice presidential candidates and presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. And did you hear about the um, the the vice presidential candidates being protected? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear about in Texas the the bus? There was a Biden campaign bus. I did see this yesterday. Yeah, Biden campaign bus, and it had representatives on it that were going to a speaking engagement. It did. Uh, um, not Biden, not Biden Harris. Biden and Harris were not on it. But uh, it was, they're calling the Trump train mm-hmm. of trucks, mm-hmm. you know, barreling down the highway and trying to basically like run the bus off the road and slow down on the highway. Yeah. And there was a, a minivan that was uh, a staffer that they like rammed, like you see the video, they ram into this person's car. And then Donnie Jr. was like, oh, Harris is going to be, you know, wherever, why don't we give her a nice Trump train welcome, encouraging these people to come out and engage violently on the road to potentially cause accidents to not only the candidates, but there are other drivers on this road. And then it if is, something happened, they would never take responsibility no, for it. it I is, didn't say that. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I, didn't, I just I didn't, meant that they should show up to the rally and yeah. support. It's, it, it's frightening. Yeah, obviously we're still before the election, so I know this is coming out now weeks later. But this is coming out weeks later. Sorry, we're still we're still in the midst of it, guys. Yeah. I know you're all past it, but we're now stuck in it still. Yes. Um, uh, so this is a nice flashback. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> oh God, Tina! I'm oh so my fucking God. scared. I know. I'm like, wait, where are you in your listening? Are you like, oh God, thank God that's over? Or oh my God, it's it was never ending. Like, I, I ho- hopefully it's the the former, not the latter. I think I don't know. I keep feeling like, I, okay, so 
the reason why, like my story is short too, and it's, it's not as extensive as I would like it to be. It's not as, it's not as juicy. And I mean, it's a good story, but it's just reporting on one of these, you know, mucky politicians. Ooh. But I have been like this week, just so, um, exhausted from all of this, like uh, from the election and like wanting this all to be over and like. I know this rain is so loud. It's been like yeah. a hurricane every yes. day this last two weeks of early voting in Florida. Like we're underwater, people running to yes. vote. I have a lot of faith in these other states, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Florida's going to pull out, but I think that these other states might have better. I mean, I was at a polling place yesterday, and and all around the Trump like tents of you know Trump fans. I don't know if it's not it's not like a campaign tent. Um, they had Proud Boys there with their signs. No. Yeah. They had made signs and it said basically it's Vice City Proud Boys and they had signed them. And Oh, that's nice. That's so, nice. I don't I mean, know. I, I just feel I'm like sorry. it's so gross. I'm sorry. Like support whatever candidate you want to support. But when, when white supremacy is at the helm of this Tina, and, 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 and people are, it's disgusting. There was a guy who walked up and he was holding a sign and it said Jews for Trump and he's sitting under the tent with the Proud Boy people. At the Proud Boys, and I was like, "Do you? Does it, does they, they're not going to protect you. They're not going to protect occur you." To that person, like, where? What are you doing? He's probably a Proud Boy that made the sign, no, acting pr- like no, no, you no, know no, what I mean. Proud, the, they were two separate people, but I mean, still, like, I just feel like they were. They're going to try to like say everyone's for Trump. You know? What I, I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. But like, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying that Jewish people all should be for Biden. No. But you're sitting next to a fucking white supremacist. Yeah. Who thinks your existence should be wiped out. Yeah. That's not a clue that you might be sitting in the wrong side. Yeah. Go what back. Everyone. Fuck? Why doesn't everyone go back and read Night by Ellie Weissel? Yeah. Go and read Night. All right. So anyway, I don't know, Tina. I'm <sighs> like, uh, I, I fucking have. I've had it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the next few days. And the other part I was thinking about when I was driving over here this morning is that like, whatever is, I don't know if you believe this or not, but like, whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen, right? Like, we're all putting in this effort. Yeah. But like, hist- I feel like everything's already written. Whatever this history, whatever's coming is already done. Wait, wait, fate? Fate. No free will? No, I think no, this is what, what it is. That, I, that's all I can think is like, I wish I could just fast forward and see what the results are. Because I think whatever's done is done. Like, I don't know. I can't expect, I can't. No. No, free will, free no, will. I don't know. Tina. Free will. I don't know. I don't know. Free I think, will. <laughs> I feel like this is it. This is it. Oh, God. Well, we're either in for riding the ship yeah. and putting it back Yeah. on the water. Yeah. Okay. Like, we're not even, I'm not even talking about moving forward. Like, we just need the ship to not be capsized and get it back on the mm-hmm. water. Oh, I know. I keep, t- when and, I look at you, I see Sarah Silverman. You know, you look like her, right? A, a lot of people tell me that. Yes. So when I'm, so I've been listening to her podcast. She has like six episodes out right now. It is so fucking good. I can't, you know, she's, she's a so comedian, funny. so she can talk and yes. talk and talk and talk. And so, but people just call in, they have a number you can call and just leave a message and like ask a question or say something. And so she's answering things. It's so good. But she talks about how the, my pillow guy who talked, who talked at the RNC, <laughs> Uh, or spoke at the RNC, uh, he said that he believes God has put Trump in this place yes. for a reason. Trump uh, is here. He's been placed by God as president. Yes, because that's what, that's what God thought of when he said, yeah. you know, make, make man in my image. Yeah. That's what he thought about with <laughs> so that guy. He said, so she says, Sarah Silverman says, like, I, look, I agree with him. She said, I think that Trump was placed here to guide us into 
the the extinction of man. Like we're going <laughs> yeah. towards extinction. Like yeah. this is he's going yes. to guide us in that direction. So you know, like yeah, dinosaurs the, you, I gave you guys a chance. Yeah, you messed it up. Yeah, here's the guy. That's yeah, gonna... like dinosaurs existed. They were made extinct. Like this is yeah. we were here for the this to use this oil like, in the shortest revolution. amount of time of any you know. Yeah, and we are now going toward extinction. And I, I got to tell you. What else do you see any other path? If you you're a huge environmentalist, do you see any other path of how we are not going to be extinct in in a matter of time? Like what oh. else? And then when you put people in power like this, like we've been on the planet too long that if we can we do stories where we're repeating the same things over and yeah. over and over again. Human being human behavior does not change. It doesn't change. And so how are we expecting anybody to come in and make things better? Like it just doesn't and I know that this is it's Sunday morning and it's dark and I'm sorry, but yeah, like what, yeah. this is it. Like this is it. And so we get the person we deserve. This is who we deserve as is Trump. Well, because of the people who are voting for him, he is, he did win the election. He did. There are people out there supporting him. And, and, uh, and I know I say this quote all the time on this podcast, everyone go and read the crucible, but we are what we always were in Salem. Mm. Right. We are what we always were in Salem. Just bad. Yeah. Um, and there are the few people. And just like in that story, the few people who are fighting, you know, it's an allegory for, you know, McCarthyism, but the, the few people fighting against it still die. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, this um, is all probably, maybe this is for nothing. And, and the thing, I hope I'm talking the, the, about, and the, and the, the saddest part later. of that whole a play is when one of the worst people, one of the worst people in the play is killing one of the most honorable people in the play. Mm. And he says, who weeps for these weeps for corruption. So if you're weeping for the honorable person, you're weeping for corruption. Mm. And that's what we have when we listen to the opposite side of our beliefs, right? That, that we are the ones who are bad and corrupt and, and whatnot. And it's so, it's so very divided. Oh, here's another thing she says, speaking of divided. Sarah Silverman. Oh, she didn't say this. A caller, this guy called in and said, he talked talking about good cop, good cop, bad cop. And I loved this so much. He said that, you know, good cop, we all know good cop, bad cop. You know, you see the shows yes. and it's like one guy and he's like siding with the kid. Yes. He's trying to defend here, this let kid. Me, yeah. They're questioning. You yeah, know. here's a cigarette. Let me oh, go get man. you a Pepsi. Hey, stop yelling at this kid. <laughs> yeah. And the angry cop, the bad cop's yelling at him. But the, he said, you know, but the what happens is the... <laughs> to some people is that the person who's sitting there being interrogated starts to side more with the bad cop because at least this guy's not patronizing you you know like you can start to see that the good cop he's not on your side he's just trying to get you he's trying to be your friend it's the bad cop who's telling you the fucking truth right he's yelling at your face like you're a fucking piece of shit whatever right and he said you can really do that with democrats and republicans like obviously democrats think they're the good cop and Republicans see through the bad cop. And it is patronizing to hear Democrats talk sometimes. Sometimes. Because they're just as fucking ridiculous as the fucking Republicans. Yes. At least the Republicans are honest about their fucking hate. Like, at least they're telling you how it is. They're telling you this is who they are. And I think that's why people are identifying with them. Yeah, because they're like, oh, that's exactly, that's all the ugliness I wish yeah. I could say. It's disgusting. And it's like what you're saying about the weeping, do you say weeping for corruption? Yeah. Right? yesterday when I was at this polling place of the Proud Boys, blah, 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 people would walk up in their Trump hats and they had a megaphone. And this one guy was like, how you doing today, patriot? That's what he was saying to his, the Trump people. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck is that person a patriot? Like, why don't we have a megaphone to people who are wearing Biden stuff? Although there's no Biden thing to wear, like a shirt yeah. maybe. But we should, why is patriot their thing? 
Yeah. Why is why is a huge Freedom. American flag on the back of a pickup truck? Yeah. Why do I I automatically know that's a Trump person? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my husband about that too. Is that that the flag? They took it. They, they took it. <laughs> they took it. It's not simple. And and I, I the same thing when I see a flag, I automatically think like GOP. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm not a huge fan of the American flag. Like it's a symbol around the world of a lot of bad things, really. But why is it their thing? Why is being a patriot their thing? Why is that their thing? And God is theirs. The guy literally, this is what he was whispering to people as they were walking past him to go vote. I was trying to give people stuff for a commission candidate, but they're over there for Trump. He literally was saying to people, Biden is owned by the Chinese. It's a fact. I was like, what What? did he say? What is going on? Biden is owned by the Chinese. It's a fact. That's what he would say at the end of it. And then another guy, this other guy in the megaphone was going, vote for Trump so we get four years, we could take our masks off and breathe the fresh air like God intended. That's what he was saying on the megaphone. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Guys, where are we going to be? Where are we going to be? Where are we? I hope hope all of you are laughing, going, God, guys, you're fretting for nothing. Me too. I hope so too. Biden won the election. So you're either going to be sighing with relief, thinking we're ridiculous right now, or you're going to be crying because <laughs> our fears were justified. Yeah, and they're they're convinced that they're they're right, and and I I don't know. It's it's fright. It's one thing if you like know these people exist, but to stand next to them and you know they're look they look you don't know when people are walking up and they're not wearing the red hat or whatever. You don't know who they're voting for, so you just you talk don't. to anybody. Yeah. And there's this one woman, older woman, she was wearing a women for Trump shirt. She had a Trump hat on. She had a Trump fucking flag. Oh, God. And I thought she was coming. I, All right. Maybe I didn't think she was coming to vote. I kind of, I did approach her for <laughs> to get some kicks out of it. But whatever. I said, ma'am, do you live in Coral Springs? Right? Because I was going to offer her paper, some stuff. And she goes, I already voted. I said, okay, that's good. She goes, and I voted for Trump. You know, she's an older, yeah. angry white lady. The typical one you would see for the Trump, like yeah. the, it, like if you looked it up in the dictionary, that's yeah. what would be said standing there. I was like, okay, well, I'm not here for that. And she goes, oh, she turns around so quickly. And, and she goes, you're not here for that. You don't care that I voted for Trump. And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not here for the presidential race. I'm here for a commission candidate. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. care who you voted for. And she was like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's who I voted for. I said, okay, good for you. What the yes. fuck? Bye. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. No. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So (laughs) let's just end it. Let's just end the show because I can't stand it. I don't know how I'm getting through the next 48 hours. Okay. Wine, baby. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, I found a pack of cigarettes from Podfest in my purse. No, you didn't. (gasps) My lovely friend, Josh, you know, for my, it was my birthday when we were at Podfest and he brought me all this wonderful things. And one of it was a pack of cigarettes. Yes. I remember that actually. Put it in my bag, my, my, my podcast, my muck podcast bag. And then when I pulled it out to bring with me yesterday to the polls, I found a pack of cigarettes and I go, this is for election day. I'm going to have a bottle of wine and a fucking pack of cigarettes. Oh my God. I don't know how, I don't know how. And try to survive. Yes. Maybe Valium or something. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about former New Mexico Secretary of State, Diana Duran. Oh. Okay. At New Mexico, I've seen this woman. She's been on my list. I, this is the problem, too. I had five different things I wanted to do this week. Okay. And I really couldn't get a lot of really good information, like long, good information about a bunch of them. Some of them I might still do. Other ones are just too fucking depressing. Like, I was going to do the Hyde Amendment, which is still on my list, yes. to talk about that. And the person, the guy, who, the Herbert Hyde, I think his name is. But I can't talk about abortion right now. I'm too fucking scared oh, I, about I, what the fuck is I'm going on with the Supreme upset. Court and, he, and the state of Florida. Like, we're so fucked. And I, so 
I, I'm scared. Anyway, yeah, we're fucking, we put in, we have a new Supreme Court justice, Tina. Oh, please. <laughs> but, so who has no experience. <sighs> yeah. I can't stand it. Never tried a case. Never tried a case. But suddenly, suddenly you get to qualify. Yeah, P.S. We did. We did you RBG. Get to qualify. I was looking at this woman's qualifications. We 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 did a whole episode about RBG and yes. how many cases she tried yes. successfully in front of the Supreme Court yes. before they even consider putting a woman on the Supreme Court. Give me a break. Yeah, it's shameful. She opened the door to someone who has she, no uh, no experience to sit on the fucking Supreme Court and no integrity. Because if she had any integrity, she would have said, "I'm not qualified." Yeah. Give me a break. Uh, any, not qualified. Right after she's fucking sworn in, she goes to the White House for a fucking party. Yeah, give the, me a break. These justices are not supposed to be associating no. themselves with presidents or no. any, any kind of elected official. It's separation. This yes. is a separate branch of the fucking government. You're she very is, clearly a political uh, appointee of yes. the fucking Supreme Court. That is not okay. I can't stand it. This is not our country anymore. Do you understand? Like, I'm telling you. as much Minority as, rule. This Biden is what we wins, are suffering yeah, under. But if Biden wins, I mean, what are the fuck is the next play? We better Pack start. the court. We better. Oh, I'm here for that. Well, we better start figuring out who's next in line because it can't. It's not going to be Biden again. And if it's Harris, okay. If she can win. Yes. But we need to figure out what the fuck we're doing because we better start picking candidates and good, getting candidates in office. That no, no. Are, we need a. Hold, we the, need, hold their line. Hold we the need line. a strategy for states. Uh. And with the Senate, the Senate, yeah, we do not pay attention to the Senate and the Senate runs the country. Yeah. Give me a break. All right. I can't. Yes. Mitch McConnell looks like death warmed over. What Good. the fuck is going on with this guy? Listen, I, I just saw a picture of him. I said, what the fuck? Let him fall over, please. Okay, honey. Let's, all right. Okay, let's get we're going. Up. Sorry, guys. <sighs> I can't. I, I, you know, I'm lost today. This is a lost. I'm, okay. I'm lost in like, I have no hope in, in any of this. No, no, no. Go. Okay. So D- Diana Duran began her political career as a deputy county clerk in Otero, uh, Otero, sorry, Otero County, New Mexico, and served from 1988 to 1992. In 1993, she ran for the New Mexico se- State Senate, representing District 40, and she won. She was reelected eight times and remained in office until 2010. While in the Senate, Duran pushed for legislation requiring citizens to produce a photo ID before they could vote. Oh, here we go. So, by the way, she's Hispanic, too. Like, I, she's Latina. Like, I don't know, you know, what happens, but there's a lot of Latinos for Trump. There's this kind of thing, like, I don't, I don't understand. Well, Um, I I think because it's the, the fear of the socialism, right, which one, we know that they don't, Americans who walk around screaming socialism don't understand socialism. mm -hmm. Um, They think Karl Marx socialism mm-hmm. which isn't not democratic socialism they're, or something. they're not you know marx we don't have factory workers where you know like they're rising up against right the big capitalists that are holding them mm-hmm. down like that's not what we have in america you know like it started i believe with like slavery plantation owners using this uh terminology to talk about when the slaves were freed, that they would be able to have access to property and ownership, and that would take away their land, mm-hmm. right, and therefore their money and all of that. And they started using socialism, which is, again, different from what we think of with Karl Marx. But when the people run around here screaming socialism, right. they're thinking that. Right. They don't even understand the history of what the hell they're talking about. Right. And it's it's it's. 
annoying. This guy rolled his window down and yelled at Adam yesterday because he was wearing a Biden shirt and handing out yeah. Um, that, oh, you're okay with socialism? And I was like, oh, for fuck's oh my God. sake. Like, Get me the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, go tell me everyone in your family who collected a social security tax. That's what, Jeff, that's what like, Adam said. He goes, well, social yes. security, uh, you know. Like they, people the just drove don't, away. They, they don't understand. But, um, and I also think too, because I've been making phone calls and a lot of times it's like, well, I came here legally. Yes. I got a visa. Yes. I did this. And so mm-hmm. I think there's this distinction yeah. between. Yeah, you're good now. Right. You're good, but fuck yeah. everybody else, right? Yeah. So that's really what this is about. It's this immigrant, like, they're going to come in. Yeah, these illegal, uh, you know, um, undocumented uh, people are going to come in and they're going to vote. You know, everybody's afraid of this. And thing. then it's going to turn everything to yeah. a socialist. I've, yes. never seen, I've never been to the polls where they didn't ask me for my my ID. Yeah. You know, no one's coming in there. Why do you have a law, a law about this? It's, it's right. already exists. It's it's already the protocol of the whole thing. It's kind of, it's 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 insulting, really. Anyway, so she run then runs for to be the Secretary of State of New Mexico, and she was elected and then reelected in 2014. Um, she became the 24th Secretary of State in the in on January 1st, 2011. She was the first Republican re- elected to that office since 1928. She wow. promised initiatives to modernize and streamline operations and cut costs. She said her primary objective was the integrity of the electoral system and that she uh. believed in a republic legitimacy rested on the people's belief that elections are conducted fairly, votes are counted correctly, and that only eligible voters are allowed to participate. Oh, here we go. On January 31st, uh, 2011, Duran cited a culture of corruption when she turned the names of 64,000 voters over to the state police, saying they did not match the Social Security and motor vehicle databases. She also 64,000? Yeah. She also said that 117 foreign nationals had registered to vote, and 37 had actually and and and, and 37 had actually done so. So it wasn't 117. Like she's blowing all of this out of yes. The ACLU filed a public information request for the records in question, saying that they wanted to verify the statement, but Duran refused, citing executive privilege. No, Eventually- no, you can't just make a claim <laughs> and then not provide the evidence to your claim. Well, this is what she thinks she can do. And she, you know, she's an older lady. She's oh a grandma. You know, she's just, uh, uh, I don't know. When someone is this fucking pissed off, you know, this is what it is. Yeah. Uh, something else is going on, right? Yeah. Uh, eventually the figures were amended. Actually, two foreign nationals had registered to vote. And oh. the and the two only, um, of the two, only one had actually voted. Apparently, accidentally. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, but I don't okay. know how you vote so accidentally. So one. One, one person. Listen, People are, 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 are crooks and cheats and whatnot, and they're going to, you know, uh, but that's one person yeah. that doesn't, one person doesn't, you know, we're not sounding the alarm. This happens all the time. Yes. They, they're clearing these voter rolls all the time based on signatures. Yes. That's why they're saying, and let the me least tell you, you could do is go see if you're registered to vote. But and let me tell you with the whole signature thing, mm-hmm. you know, when you first, I know for me, mm-hmm. when I first got my license at like... Yeah. 18. Yeah. My signature then is not my signature now. Right. And it, it slightly changed a little bit over time. Yeah. Mine's basically you know, a scribble at this point. You know, so I, I feel like you could still somewhat tell. And, 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 and who is trained to be able to uh, 
you know, they have handwriting analysis that like they do in like court cases. Like you have to have training (laughs) to be able to designate whether someone's signature is forged or not. So who is qualified to make those decisions? Is it just someone working at the poll place going, well, that doesn't match. That's that's who looked at my signature, you know, but you know what? I'm also a white lady. And I feel feel like if you're in the deep South and you're black and you go to vote that these are things that they're doing. Yes. They're looking at those signatures. So, okay, so in 2015, she testified in favor of HB 340 before the legislature's Judiciary Committee. This bill, which would have mandated a requirement for voter ID, did did pass out of committee on a party line vote, but died on the floor of the legislature. In addition to bringing New Mexico into compliance with federal mandates regarding removal of ineligible voters from the rolls as the chief elections officer of the state, Secretary Duran ended the established practice of single party voting. This is called straight ticket voting. Have you ever heard of this? So this is like there's no primary? No. Or is it where whoever gets the most votes in a primary get to go on the ticket? No. Listen to this. I didn't even know this was a fucking thing. Straight Straight ticket voting, also called straight party voting, allows voter to choose a party's entire slate of candidates with a single ballot mark. Oh. So at the top of the ticket, it would just say... I'm Republican. Republican. You click it off and they check every single one of the Republican candidates. What? Isn't that fucking crazy? That is a little crazy because, yeah. I mean. That's nuts. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. You don't you want to know who you're voting and for? And also, are there no nonpartisan? Maybe it doesn't work for the nonpartisan races, but I don't know. But she ended that, which I think is a good thing, right? Yeah. That's um, little... So, although it also makes the voter extremely lazy. Right. The voters then don't look into they don't. any of these candidates and, and they say, don't. Oh, he's Republican. Great. Well, that's not really why you should be. voting. Well, and then someone. I'm thinking um, if it's a straight ticket, because we talk about down ballot candidates, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, at least they get the vote. They at least they get the vote because like, say, for a commissioner, mm-hmm. if you circle the box, it would automatically go to the Republican. Yeah. Would it? In commissioner uh, races? That's, see, that's what I'm saying. If that's it's a, a nonpartisan, they probably yeah. don't. They probably still have to go through and check through it off. And check it off. Yeah. But what By the way, they, what if they just think, oh, I just do that and I'm done. And then they ignore those other races. Yeah, that's probably, I think that's what happens now anyway. If they don't know the, the race, the judges, they don't do anything like that. Well, they just pick a name. Yeah. Hopefully they don't oh, just pick Oh, it looks Italian. I'll <laughs> vote for this person. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Yes. Um, Michael Gottlieb, Representative Michael Gottlieb, he's the lawyer for the Democratic side reviewing ballots in Broward that have been coming in. Yes. And I think he's been putting pictures up on Facebook of different ballots and like how people vote. It's so fucked up. Some of them are wet and the, the ink has, <gasps> yeah. So they have to like analyze it. They have a Republican lawyer. Why can't lawyer. they just call the person? Well, I think that's what they end up having to do. They, they have a Democrat, uh, a lawyer representing Democrats and a lawyer representing Republican. And then they have a judge. And so they put it up on the screen and they've got a debate. One of them was like bubbled in for a candidate. And then two others were bubbled. And then they put X's over the ones that were bubbled. And it was like, I said, oh my God, I can't believe we had to review, had a bubble. We, that's the thing we didn't do with voters is this is how you bubble in for a candidate. You know what? This is, this is why it's fucking bonkers. Yeah. This is why we, we just need to have some other, we can't have hanging chads. We can't have right, right, right. I thought Broward was, um, waiting until election seven o'clock they could open them they open those no 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 i think early. that no I didn't know no that. i thought yeah no they're that's why it says your votes counted yes so that part is making me feel okay for yeah Broward that's why because they, like those ballots were already yes, run they and they run think them in they'll, the machine they'll have the number ready the number won't yeah. be a problem on the day because they've already started 
Okay, anyway. Yeah. And I don't think, hopefully, no more are coming in. So, let's get through this lady. Okay. Nineteen. I'm so sorry. On August, I'm, I'm just so down today. So, August 27, 2015, New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas, Balderas, Balderas is probably right, cha- charged Duran with 64 violations in a criminal complaint, <gasps> including broad <gasps> embezzlement. No. Money laundering. Please tell me the fraud was campaign. Campaign law violations, tampering with public records, <gasps> conspiracy, and violating the Governmental Conduct Act. Please tell me it had to do with elections somewhere in there. A little bit. Oh, so, hypocrite. <laughs> the complaint alleged that Duran illegally used campaign funds for personal use. More specifically, she was using the campaign funds to fuel her gambling addiction. No. Wait, this is Nevada? New Mexico. New Mexico. I mean, it's right there. Durant's lawyer, lawyer responded, nice. quote, we have identified some serious potential violations of law by the New Mexico Attorney General's office in conducting this investigation, end quote. Oh, yeah. Okay. So blame them for investigating her. Okay, did, whatever. Did she pay back the coffers and whenever she won or was she just draining them? <laughs> no, draining. Yes. So on October 2nd, 2015, Duran was also charged with identity theft, her <gasps> 65th charge for listing former state Senator Don Kidd as her 2010 campaign treasurer, even though he he publicly said he had no knowledge of this and played no such role. So he what? was just, she was just like filling shit in. So, oh my God, wait, because you have to name. Right. Somebody who's going to be yeah, doing your or books. Yeah, when you do, otherwise you can't run. Yeah. So she throws a name down. Yep. And then a she's senator. doing, and then she's doing her own books and yes. she's taking money to go gamble. Yes. I love this lady. Wait, is she, oh my God. And she's older. She's probably on those little penny machines. Honey, that's what I was sitting, thinking. I was thinking she's, she's sitting on the little slot machines. Yeah, I was thinking she's either doing bingo, which yes. is going to be the best, or she's no, doing the she's slot machine. No, she's on those slots. She's yeah. sitting in there and she's like, wait, how, what time is it? And then she's going to have a like, meeting. Shuffle her feet out going, oh my God, I just lost another $10,000. Yes. <laughs> campaign funds. Okay, so. Oh, this is the best. Shut up. Oh, I got to show you a picture. So on October 23rd, 2015, Duran entered a, gu- a guilty plea to six of the 65 charges against her. After the guilty plea, she made a statement. She said, I am truly, truly honored to have served New Mexicans. And I want them to know that none of this, none of this that has been going on for the past few months has anything to do with the integrity of the office and that and the office that New Mexicans now have as their Secretary of State's office. When asked why she was entitled to her state pension, she said, I know in my heart, I know and believe that I have done a tremendous job, not only as Secretary of State, but in my state Senate years and as a county clerk. She's getting a state pension on all those, right? And I believe that I am entitled to my retirement pension as in any other as is any other elected official who has done a good job in their elected capacity. No, but you you didn't do a good job. Right. You stole money. So apparently they didn't give her well, that Well, so apparently uh I mean she could have her other pensions and the jobs that like she held the, prior to this that she wasn't doing illegal stuff. Right. But, but for this no. So New Mexico New Mexicans were fucking flipping the fuck out. Furious. They were so mad at this woman, right? But a year before, in the state legislature, they had passed a law that said if that you're a, if you are convicted of a felony, you lose your pension. Yeah. Good. So they were like, "Good, now she's not getting." Well, the state attorney's office cut a deal with her <gasps> that if she did restitution and you know wrote letters, the judge asked her to write letters to people, like did all this stuff, she could keep her pension. And so New Mexicans were fucking furious. That's they probably were so a big pension mad. for Secretary of State. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you what it is. I knew, I, I got the number because I knew you'd love it. So under the terms of the plea agreement, Duran will keep her pension from the state of New Mexico Public Employees Retirement System. Duran resigned from office late October, uh, October 25th and formally entered her guilty plea on October 26th. Sentencing was at the court's discretion, but as part of the agreement, she was barred from future handling of and responsibility for public money. Two of the charges are felonies, and felons cannot hold public office in New Mexico. The most serious charge is that while in office uh, and responsible for enforcing campaign finance law, Duran misreported and underreported campaign contributions from Mac Energy Exploration, an oil energy exploration company based in New Mexico. The agreement leaves open the potential for counseling. At least some of the embezzlement charges stemmed from her use of the campaign accounts at the Sandia Casino. <laughs> the casino oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> On October 5th, 2015, Duran, was, <laughs> Duran was sentenced to 30 days in jail. 30 days. And was ordered to pay $28,000 in fines and restitution. As part of her plea deal, the judge also ordered Duran to complete 2,000 hours of community service, write letters of apology to, to New Mexicans and campaign donors, and make 144 speeches to school groups and civic groups about her crimes. She was ordered to continue to attend gambling addiction therapy. I was going to say, she got to go to Gamblers Anonymous. And forbidden to enter a casino or racetrack for five (gasps) years. Five years. She's going to be online doing some online gambling. Very good point. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, she's going to put a wig on and be in there in two seconds. But you know, she could do online gambling, but maybe, I don't know. You know, you got to do, when you do all this stuff, community service, you got to go to therapy, you got to get all this signed off. You got to prove that you're doing it. So maybe I'm thinking maybe the therapy's sinking in. I don't know. I have hope for this lady. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. She began her 30 day sentence on December 18th, 2015. The former secretary of state, uh, began receiving her state pension benefits since resigning from office and will be able to keep getting pension checks despite her guilty plea. Duran's first monthly pension check of $4,857.56 was paid the first month that she went to jail. And that's that one pension. Yeah. And she's getting pension from other places. So the current value of Duran's pension amounts to about $58,000 a year and includes two of the three pension plans she's eligible, eligible to receive. So I don't know okay, which one. Okay, so it's like She combined. could get three. Still, so, okay, so she's making like 60 grand a year. Uh-huh. She's probably going to get Social Security. Yeah, this she's older. Some, yeah, this is some BS, man. I know. So that's, that's Diana Duran, the former Secretary of State of New Mexico. My God, I just picture her. Oh, girl. In a casino on the little slot machine. You know who she looks like? I know we've talked about this actress before, and we really should get her name. Maybe we'll put the picture in with our Instagram. But it's the lady who played Selena's. uh, Oh, my. The lady who murdered (laughs) Selena. The lady who murdered Selena. That's who she looks like. That's who she looks like. Hilarious. Yeah. So whenever I think of those like slot machines, um, my son and I, I don't know if I said this on the show before or not, but my, my sons and I, actually, I think it was just my older son and I were out and we were at like a strip, one of the strip malls mm-hmm. and there was a sign that was like arcade. Well, cool. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, Oh, wh- why don't we go check out this arcade? Like it was like a summer. I don't know. It was like a couple years ago and we go up to it. And when we opened the door, it was like this, this, this sort of gallery, like long, kind of hallway and it was lined with slot machines oh my god and you know i opened the door and it was like all these old people just all of a sudden like like turn their head to the right to look at like the door open <laughs> and then they look back at the slot machines and i was like oh what is this and we like we walked right out but i was thinking like arcade arcade but that's how they had it labeled but we were um 
out west and there was one of those like, you know, Century 21. And then as we were leaving, I saw like the little Century 21 bus. And I was oh. like, oh, this is one of their outings. <laughs> They're at the arcade. They're spending the afternoon at the, the little penny oh. arcade. Oh, my gosh. Best. Oh. The best. Yeah, it was funny. Have you ever been out to Hard Rock? Um, I've been to Hard Rock before. So my family, I grew up playing cards. Okay. And um, we used to have like family card game. My dad used to play cards a lot when I was a kid and he would go sometimes for like the weekend mm. and um, there would be, I don't know if I said this on the show either, but there would be, uh, my grandfather was a big poker player mm-hmm. and they would go and it would be like, you know, at the pizza shop and you got to knock on the door <laughs> right? and then like, like a game happening in the back. Yeah. Like yeah. a mafia run game. And then you go shit. for the weekend, but it would be at a different place and you had to have like the knock and you had to have the word, whatever it was to get in. And, um, <laughs> My dad would say, like, they would, like, you're there all weekend. You could bring your paycheck back then. They'd cash your paycheck for you. Holy like, shit. You're in there for the weekend, you know? Oh my God. Did he ever yeah. win? Did he do good? Was he good at it? Yeah, my dad, my grandfather was a really good poker player. Yeah, yeah. My dad was okay. I mean, they played all the time. Um, I grew up, I remember um, they would even have like uh, friends over at my grandparents. My, they had the basement. My grandparents had a basement uh-huh. and downstairs was the poker table. And I remember as a kid, it would just be, you know, cloud of smoke overhead. Oh my god! Guys gosh. playing cards. I like, love that. Late. I don't know. So we always play cards. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I miss that. Of course. Playing cards. With your family, yeah. you know, being around all of your family. Yeah. Oh it's just gosh. different. It's different these days. Yeah. Well now, I mean, who the fuck can get in the crowd anymore? Yeah. I can't see nobody. Mm-mm. But can you imagine like, oh, this pizza place down the street, you're going to go. Yeah, I love weekend it. Playing cards. I'm sure that happens around here. Yeah, I think, a, so. I think there's some there's some places over in Pompano that I look outside and I go, or drive by, I go, look at the guys, what's who's sitting outside this place? They look a little yeah. bit in, the, <laughs> in some, the, what do you say? I don't know. What's the, what do you say when someone's in the mafia? I don't know. In the family? Oh, in the family. Yeah. They're in the family. <laughs> you, what they, yeah. What do they say on the Sopranos? You would know. Cosa the Nostra. Sopr- yeah. Well, the Sopranos, <laughs> they don't really, you know, he, the whole time he's like, uh, he's in the waste management. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a waste management consultant. Oh my God. Oh, here's one. My son um comes home okay so so he wakes up oh no he comes home thursday and he goes i need you to wake me up in the morning so i can take a shower i want to like gel my hair and i was like what the fuck right i have no idea so i was like okay so i got him up on friday morning he gets in the shower comes out i help him put the gel in his hair i comb it for him whatever he looks really nice and he goes off to school and that night when i came home he goes can I talk to you? And I was like, Oh God, Uh-oh. I said, okay. And so he's nine, nine. He goes, do you want to know why I wanted to do all this stuff? The, the shower and like brush my teeth and, and comb my hair. I was like, why? Cause, I mean, his hair doesn't look bad, but it's not gelled, yeah. you know? And I was like, why? He's like, I have a crush. <gasps> oh my God. That was not my reaction. That's so cute. Immediately, I go, no, 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 no. I go, you're too young. Too young. Oh, my God. My son had two. Really? Had two different girlfriends at one time. Fighting over him. This is crazy. Yeah. He was in a love triangle. How old was he? This was last school year. So he was eight. Your older son? My younger. Oh, my God. Yeah, eight years old. And he had, there was one girl that really liked him. And he's, but I think he used to like her. But then there was another girl that had joined the class that he liked her. And so he's, he thought she was cute. And then the one girl was like, you're my boyfriend. 
Uh-oh. And he was like, well, I kind of like someone else. <gasps> and then she did like the finger across the neck, like you're dead. <laughs> and then she, uh, he told me, intense. yeah, he told me that one day in the playground, she kept blowing kisses at him, the same girl that he doesn't like. Yes. He likes the other girl. And she kept blowing kisses at him. And he goes, but don't worry. I dodged everyone and not one of those kisses landed on me. <laughs> I was like, okay, good for you. Well, this is. I think it's cute. Let him it's, have a little No, crush. it's not good. I don't. I'm not into this. I said to him, well, I was like, this is too young. But then he started saying all of this stuff. And I was like, this, I go, is this real? Like, is this a real thing? He's like, I don't know what to do. You need to help me. Oh my and he's God. like, co- he's like covering his face. And I was like, I'm sorry, but is this a real, I don't understand. Like, what are you like? It's like when you're having a conversation, <laughs> you just never imagined the conversation happening. It made no sense to me. I, think I was this like, is this isn't adorable. It, it is, but it's also like, he's like, when you woke me up the other morning, I was in the middle of a dream. We almost kissed. <gasps> I said, what? I said, you're this, wow. this is not, this is not happening. And he's like, well, I think I, I think I need to write her a letter and like have her check off if she likes me. I said that you're not doing that. I said, just be cool, man. He goes, that's what dad said. I'm like, yeah. Be cool. I said, if I was a nine-year-old girl and someone like sent me a note, I'd be freaked out. I said, you don't know how she is, you know? Yeah. And I said, did she say anything about you, about your hair? <laughs> he's like, all I got was a wave. I was like, oh, like he's Aww, just. I, this is so lovely. Tina, I, this I'm not happy. This is the first puppy love. I cannot. It's like, I, I'm out of my mind. They've never had a conversation. I said, you've only seen her eyeballs. He's like, but she's got these little freckles. Right where oh the mask. Oh my God, Tina, this is adorable. This, it, I'm, I'm out of my mind. I think it's adorable. Especially because my daughter, I'm sure she's liked people, but she's never, this is so, like something okay, I've never seen You know seen what, before. it's so funny is my oldest will not, I mean, he was engaged for two years. <laughs> so in, I believe it was kindergarten and first grade. Oh my God. Because I remember he had come home and uh, I went in his room. He had this whole outfit laid out with a tie, shirt. And I said, what is it? He goes, well, I'm engaged now. And so in case we get married, this is what I'm going to wear. And he had oh put the whole suit together. God. And I was like, okay. Um, but ever, I mean, that was just like little kid stuff. But then um, anytime he will not, I mean, he is like sealed. He will not talk about if he likes anyone or not. But my little one all the time. And anytime he sees any smooching, he's like, he'll look over at me and he's like, uh. Yeah. No, no, no. They don't. Even my older, even with my daughter, she's anything kissing happening. She's like, ugh. Well, my little one will like, like he, he thinks it's funny. And my older one is like very like, I'm not happy about this. This is not something I'm ready for. No, let it happen. And he's way too young. Puppy love. I said, you're going to get your heart broken if you jump into this too fast. Keep it, keep it easy. I go sit next to her at lunch and ask her what she likes. See if she plays any games and maybe you guys can play games at the same yeah. time, like video games. But like, be cool, yeah. man. Be cool. If you rush this, it's going to, you're scare her away. Oh, I know. That was adorable. Oh my God. And by the way, I'm supposed to be the one he's in love with. I think that's the most, that's the problem that bothers me the most. Oh, like, what about me? Love, he still loves you. <laughs> He still loves you. Don't forget about mommy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you know, another week. Another week. I know. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. 
To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty. Coming up next week on the Muck Podcast. As a leading antagonist to President Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, Fall was permitted to visit the stricken president in the White House bedroom in October 1918, hoping to gauge whether the chief executive was well enough to remain in office. He said, quote, he said, quote to the president, I've been praying for you, sir. Um, and the president said, which way, Senator? <laughs> which, which way are you praying? I die love or? that. <laughs> that. And then this year we saw the RNC uh, do calls to voters giving them the wrong date for election date in Michigan. Oh it happened God. in Ohio in 2011, and it happened several other times where they make these calls saying, don't forget to vote on, you know, whatever date. And it's the date after the election. Oh, my God. And that's voter interference. Yeah. I mean, and it's all about disenfranchising voters. They know the numbers that they're calling. And, you know, again, these are all cases that are illegal. You know, they're illegal. They can't. 